Well, hello, YouTube Power Hour Squad. Erica here with another interview for you. And if you're new, then welcome to the community. This is the place if you have a YouTube channel or if you're thinking about starting a YouTube channel to learn about other YouTube creators who've achieved success and get their tips and tricks and so much more. For my returners, welcome to another episode. Thank you for coming back again and again. I love you guys. So many of you have actually been here from day one. So thank you for your continued support of the podcast. Uh, if you're not in the Facebook group, definitely go to the YouTube Power Hour Facebook group and join lots of amazing YouTube creators there as well. So for this episode, I'm interviewing Sari Rihanna, and we talk about burnout. So I know that's an issue with a lot of YouTubers, so it's definitely something that we touch on in this interview. Sari is a 23-year-old full-time YouTube beauty creator from Edmonton, Canada. She first started posting beauty and lifestyle videos in January of 2014 and has 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and 15.2 million total views. Her videos have been featured on Teen Vogue and BuzzFeed, and she's best known for sharing her struggles with severe acne. So I hope you guys enjoyed this interview and do me a favor, leave a review on iTunes. It matters so, so much. It helps more people find the podcast. If you're one of those people that have been with me for since the beginning, but you haven't left the review, then please do so. It does help a lot with getting the podcast out there. And also, if you're listening to this podcast and you just want to share about it and let me know, I love seeing your posts on Instagram. I always share them. So definitely tag me if you're listening and um, show me all the cool ways <laughs> that you're listening. I know people do it when they're walking their dog or driving or whenever. That's why I love podcasts. So anyways, without further ado, enjoy the interview. Mwah. Well, hello, Sari. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. Super excited to be here. Yes, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. And before we dive into just you know your ups and downs and YouTube, why don't we first get started with letting us know what took you to YouTube? What inspired you to upload that first video? So basically, I started wearing makeup at a very young age, and I also got into YouTube very, very early on as well. So makeup and YouTube have always been two things that I loved. So when I discovered the beauty community, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, this is a match made in heaven. <laughs> it's these two things that I love coming together. So ever since I found my first beauty video, I've been completely engulfed by the whole community and everything. And I was definitely one of those people who for years, I was like, I want to start my own channel. I want to make my own videos. And I just needed to finally take the plunge and do it, which I think a lot of people will relate to. Mm -hmm, definitely. <laughs> but um, what finally pushed me to upload my first video, I was 19 and I was working at a makeup counter. And naturally, I thought that would be a great job for me since I love makeup. But like really no one around me in that job seemed to share that passion. And I just ended up finding myself really bored. <laughs> So I just decided to finally start because I wanted an outlet to just rant on about beauty endlessly. That's still basically what I do on my channel. And what year was this? That was 2014 when I first started posting videos. When people ask, I typically say I started like January 2015 because that's when I started posting regularly and got serious about YouTube though. Gotcha. And so yeah. when you uploaded, you were working at the uh, the makeup counter. Is that what you were doing during yeah. during that time? Yeah, I was working at Hudson's Bay here in Canada. It's like our main department store. And then I actually ended up working at Sephora. But in those kind of early months of my YouTube channel, I just posted a little bit here and there. And then I took a break for probably about eight months or so. And then, yeah, January 2015 is when I really started really posting. Started. So yeah. what happened there in January that made you kind of say, hey, I'm going to take this YouTube thing seriously? Uh, I was just working at Sephora and I just... Once again, I wanted that outlet to talk more about beauty because it's something I've always been so passionate about. And I think after working in cosmetics, Sephora was actually my third job in cosmetics. So I felt like I had gained a good amount of knowledge and I just wanted to share that with people. Even if no one watched me, I just wanted to sit there and talk about my favorite concealer for six minutes. <laughs> yeah. And so you just felt like you were working for just so much time in the beauty industry. You just felt like, okay, I should just make this YouTube thing work. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it gave me a little bit of a leg up because I had a little bit of industry knowledge, just kind of base level. But yeah, it just inspired me to take it to the next level and get serious about it. So, you know, that was, you said, beginning of 20, 
15 or 15. Yeah. And so, you know, we're here at 2018, three years later. Do, and, and, you know, the, the beauty world is, is very, very saturated, you know, on YouTube. Did you feel it was like that when you started uh, about three years ago? Was the landscape different? It was definitely a little bit different. I feel like at that point, it was really taking off like social media, Instagram, YouTube, everything was really becoming a huge thing at that point. So it was definitely still quite saturated at that point. I feel like it has gotten even more intense just with the amount of girls and everything making videos. But I think it was a little bit better at that point, but it was still a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think, I mean, three years ago, I do feel like that's when, like, the YouTube beauty world was just, like, really taking off. Like, yeah, people were just... for sure. Yeah, like, people like Jacqueline Hill started, like, really getting big, and uh, Tati, and, um, you know, all those people, like, Nikki Tutorials. I just feel like at mm-hmm. that point was when, like, people, like, even, like, I think Laura Lee just started right around that time, or, you know, it just, I feel like that's when, like, the beauty community was just, like, going crazy, or just starting to. Yeah, it felt like everyone was just kind of realizing it finally at that point. It was becoming so mainstream. Yeah. So what specifically were you doing at that point when you started to take your channel more seriously? Were you did you upload more consistently? How often? And what what were you talking about on your channel? Uh, I didn't really have a schedule or anything, but I was just basically trying to post as often as I could. I was still working full time at Sephora, so I had to balance both of those things and just kind of fit in filming on my days off and everything. But I was just, I've always started my channel talking about makeup. I was just doing product reviews and things like that. I did like a foundation routine very early on and just different kinds of products reviews mostly. How did you kind of wrap your head around the whole uh, production part of YouTube? I mean, you're, you're, it sounds like you're a makeup artist or, you know, you know about makeup, but how did you, did you have any background in production and filming and editing? No, I really didn't at all. I'm honestly living proof that anyone can start editing and start making YouTube videos. <laughs> because Even now, honestly, I have very minimal knowledge of like the technical aspect of YouTube. Like mm. I still film on like my old Canon T3i. I use natural lighting. Like I keep it very simple. I edit on iMovie. It's all very basic. So I definitely have like figured it out every step along the way and just kind of made do. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think that's, that's interesting and it's also encouraging because you know the fact that you have over a hundred thousand subscribers and you still do iMovie and you yeah. do natural lighting. I think that that gives encouragement that for people that maybe can't afford you know more extensive equipment or maybe just feel a little bit lost when it comes to that whole editing that you know you can still have success <clears throat> without going crazy <laughs> with the, yeah with definitely. I think a lot of people nowadays are hung up on starting a YouTube channel because they don't have the best equipment, like they don't Uh have the best camera and lens and lighting and backdrop and everything. But you really don't need all of that stuff to get started. But you are like at over 100,000 subscribers. So I'm curious, like, are you going to stick with using iMovie or do you think you would upgrade to Final Cut? Or if you're not planning on it, like, why not? What what do you think is good about iMovie? I think I will upgrade eventually. I've Mm. never tried to do really anything super fancy with editing. That's Mm. just not kind of my thing. I focus more on like the content of my videos and just more what I'm saying rather than like the special effects and transitions and things like that. But I probably will end up upgrading eventually. Gotcha. All right. So, you know, you started taking your channel seriously beginning of January 15. And so what video or maybe a collab or something happened that can put your channel on the map? So basically towards the end of 2015, I posted a video and it just kind of took off. I posted it right before Christmas and within probably the next five weeks or so, it was at almost 1 million views. Oh, wow. That was definitely crazy. It was my video about my experience working at Sephora, actually. Oh, yeah. Those do well. Oh, wow. (laughs) Were you still working at Sephora at the time when you did that? No, I had left the job probably about seven months prior or something like that. Gotcha. And was it kind of like, I don't want to say like expose, but was it, what was the, the video specifically about? It was definitely more of a ranty negative video for okay. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking about, you know, the things I didn't like with like management there and everything. So it definitely garnered a fair bit of negative attention, which was a little bit hard, but my <laughs> channel did see a lot of growth from it as well. So that definitely, you know, outweighed the negative aspects of it. And do you remember the numbers surrounding that experience? So what, how many subscribers did you have before that? How many subscribers did you have after that video? 
Uh, I had about, I think, 7,000 when I posted that video. And within a week, because I posted that, I think, like I said, right before Christmas. And by the end of the year, I was just hitting 10,000. So in about a week, I gained 3,000 subscribers. And then within the next month or so, I got up to about 30,000 from that video. Wow. That's awesome. A lot of growth in a short period of time. (laughs) And did you end up doing more videos like that? Did you feel you had to kind of do more videos in that? Uh, that specific topic? Not specifically, no. I haven't really revisited the topic of working at Sephora or any of my other jobs in cosmetics since then. Oh, really? People yeah, have, didn't really. request that from you? No, not really, to be honest. Hmm. I've like shared little tidbits here and there about like my experience working at Lush and also mm-hmm. at Hudson's Bay, but I think Sephora, you know, people really so want to know like what the inside scoop is. So yeah, the dish. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so then you got, we're at 30,000, you know, uh, that's so cool. So a year later, basically after starting, starting to take your channel very seriously, you're at 30,000 subscribers, <coughs> which is great. And then what happened after that? Uh, I got basically even more into posting videos. Like at one point shortly after that spring, I was posting a video every second day for quite a while. Wow. So a lot of work. And then that actually ended up really paying off too, because in June of 2016, I had another video really take off in the same kind of way. It was a foundation review that was once again, a slightly more negative review because it was a product I didn't end up liking, but Mm -hmm. it was the same kind of thing. I just started getting a ton of views overnight and my channel saw a lot of growth because of that video as well. What was the specific topic of it? It was a foundation review. I did a series of like first impression foundation reviews. Oh. And it was, uh, yeah, just a Becca foundation review. And, oh, but you were negative on it. Yeah, I didn't end up loving it. And yeah. <laughs> was it a foundation that a lot of people loved? Is that, I mean, why do you think that particular, because there's so many foundation reviews out there. Why do you think your particular one did well? Um, I think definitely the way I titled it and my thumbnail. And like I said, it was a series I had going for my mm, channel yeah. for a while already. So okay. a lot of my viewers definitely flocked to that video and it got a lot of engagement, which definitely helped it end up in a lot of people's recommended videos and everything like that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's Let's go back to that because I think that's really interesting. So did did having that, that Sephora video kind of like boost your channel, did that give you the motivation or inspiration to now like upload a lot like you said you did? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as soon as you start seeing like a little bit of success, it definitely motivates you even more to start posting and makes it more of kind of a serious thing in your mind. Yeah. So you were uploading what every, you said every third day? Uh, every second day at one point. Aside wow. from that, I've always, I've always tried to do like around at least three videos a week, roughly. So you were, you've been doing that pretty much since like January 15, 2015, when you first started taking your challenge seriously. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, towards the beginning, I was probably posting like maybe one or two videos a week when I yeah. was still working full time. But for the most part, I've posted very, very consistently. And that's definitely been a big key in my growth for sure, as I'm sure everyone knows. But I've taken a couple breaks here and there. Like I recently took a little bit of a break. But yeah, I've mostly tried to upload all the time. (laughs) Wow, that is a lot of work. Like how do you, like you you do uh, YouTube full time? Yes, I do. Yeah, you have to in order to be able to upload three days a week like that. Yeah, Um, definitely. So when you made the decision uh, to upload, you know, every other day, where is that what you were doing full time? Was YouTube? Yes, I was at that point. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Were you able to support yourself with YouTube, or were you living at home with family or or something like that? I I was living at home, but because okay. of that Sephora video taking off, it kind of set my YouTube channel on an upward trajectory for a little while there. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I kind of fell into doing YouTube full time. I've never actually talked about this, but around the time my YouTube channel was um, becoming more successful, I was actually laid off from a job. And so I kind of was just thrown into it. Basically, I didn't mm. like I was kind of debating what I wanted to do. And I dabbled in some other things. But ultimately, I was like, you know, like I'm getting enough views on YouTube, I am making a decent amount of money, and I am able to support myself. So I might as well, you know, pursue doing this full time. Mm-hmm. But I did live at home, which that was helps. helpful, of course. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, sometimes Yeah, I mean, that definitely helps like living at home, you don't feel like you're like, 
it's like, it's not as much as a, I don't want to say like a desperation of like, oh my God, I, this one has to hit, right? I have to get this many views. Yeah. So you have a little bit more freedom creatively to do things. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like you say, you still have to, there's things you still have to buy and still be able to, to support yourself in some way. But it sometimes yeah. it just takes something like that, like being laid off or a certain circumstance that happened to you for like you to mm-hmm. make that decision of like, okay, do you know what? I'm just going to focus on YouTube and, and make that a thing. Yeah, exactly. I definitely, I probably would have went to doing YouTube event full-time eventually, yeah. but probably not for a long time if that hadn't happened to me at my job. Yeah. And if you hadn't, then you probably wouldn't have uploaded as often as you would have. And who knows how long it would have taken you to get you know, your next 30,000 subscribers or 50,000 subscribers. Yeah, exactly. Everything has kind of happened for a reason, I feel. Yeah, for sure. And so, okay. So then you talked a little bit about that you took a break recently. Why, mm-hmm. why did you take a break and how long of a break did you take from YouTube? Um, so I took a break for probably about five weeks, which is mm. by far the longest break I've ever taken from posting. Yeah, that's a um, long time, especially when you're that size and you're so consistent before that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I basically I've been going through a little bit of a transitional phase with my channel and I just felt like I needed to take a step back and just kind of look at it from an outside perspective because I feel like I was just getting so hung up on like numbers mm. and analytics and that's so easy to do oh when gosh, yeah. your channel is becoming successful. So I just needed to take a step back and just kind of remember why I love making videos and just help to refuel my passion for it. It's really easy to get caught in the trap of, okay, what's this trending video? What's, you know, what's the best for the algorithm? What should I title? Okay, who's doing this video? Like, it's super easy to get caught in that, but it's, it's interesting. And I would love to know kind of where you came from that when taking that time off, like what you came to the conclusion of. It's like... It's a it, YouTube. I see it as like a very fine line between really being true to yourself in the sense of being connected to your your why, why you're doing it, your you know basically your purpose. Yet at the same time, translating that into content that people want to see, that's mm-hmm. of value, and that is actually to an extent trending, so that your videos can be found. So it's, yeah. it's like a, it's, it had those two things have to cross, but mm. you can't have be he, too heavy with one or the other. You know, you can't be so heavy on the creative side that you completely ignore the fact that YouTube is a search engine, but you also yeah. can't be so, so heavy in like the SEO component of it that you lose sight of why you did it in the first place. Definitely. You like really hit the nail on the head. I think the biggest thing and the reason I took that break was just so I could figure out that balance between the content that makes me happy and the content people actually want to see and are going to enjoy from me on my channel. And what did you do during that? You said six weeks? Yeah. What did yeah, you do? During, yeah. What did you do there. during that time if you weren't filming or doing YouTube? Um, I just, I kind of just took a break altogether. I was mm-hmm. still posting on social media and things mm-hmm. like that, but I took a break from filming. Um, basically I just needed that time to realize that ultimately I should be making the videos that make me happy because that's what I started off doing. And obviously I did something right (laughs) by doing that Yeah, because I did gain subscribers and people were interested in watching me and everything. So I just, I needed to realize that I had to kind of go back to my roots with my channel Mm -hmm. and just worry a little bit less about what people wanted to see and realize that the people who support me will follow. And, you know, hopefully some new people along the way will find it interesting too, if I change up my content a little bit. What did people say? Like when you left, did you say, Hey guys, I'm going to take a break from YouTube or did you just kind of disappear? And, and did your loyal followers be like, uh, where are you? Sorry. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Yeah, I, I did kind of just disappear. I don't think it's ever really a good idea to say like, I'm going to take a break and I don't know when I'm coming back because definitely you will lose subscribers and people will lose interest. And that is kind of just a negative side effect of taking a break anyways. And that's why consistency is so important because as bad as it sounds, there's so many people out there on YouTube that when you do take a break, people do kind of forget about you for at least the time being, they kind of move on to the next person. So it was definitely like, yeah, I didn't post about it or announce it or anything like that, but I definitely did get a lot of messages being like, where, like, where are you? When are you coming back? And I did explain a little bit of that in a video when I did start posting again. Oh, okay. So you told people what, what, what happened and what, how did people react to that? 
they were very supportive, like very understanding. I got a lot of really great feedback and everyone was just like, you know, it's important to take some time for yourself and just yeah, figure out what's that. going on with you and everything. Yeah. And so what type of changes did you make in coming back? Well, mostly, I mean, a large part of my channel has been built on the fact that I have shared a lot of acne related content. I used to have mm. very severe, um, very severe acne. And so I did a lot of foundation reviews focusing on that. And I also blogged my experience taking Accutane as well. Mm. And so there are a lot of people who are definitely following me specifically for that content. And now it's kind of like, I don't have acne. So I'm trying to branch out of that because people are still wanting to see it from me, but it's not what's making me happy. So I'm trying to branch out and just diversify my channel a little bit and rebuild my niche essentially because my channel was built on that kind of content. And that has mm -hmm. been really, really difficult. But I think I'm slowly starting to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that can be tough. Because if you base your old channel on this trans transformation that you've been having with acne, and now you know you don't have it. Mm -hmm. A lot of those people were following you for that reason. So have you so now that you've taken your channel in a little bit of a different direction? Have you lost subscribers? Did you find that Maybe there was there less interest and engagement. You lost subscribers, or or what was the aftermath of that? Uh, I've lost a little bit of subscribers, but it's been nothing super significant. Like I kind of stopped making those videos a while ago, so okay. I think a lot of people kind of saw it coming. So there's been like a gradual loss of subscribers, but I'm very lucky that I also am gaining subscribers and growing my channel on a daily basis. So it really hasn't made that much of an impact. Mm. And that's good. I mean, I guess the biggest impact was that you actually feel more fulfilled with your channel. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's I'm huge. way more passionate about it again. You and are? I'm looking forward to uploading more. That's awesome. What's your schedule like now? Um, right now I'm trying to post three to four videos a week. Gosh, that's so that's that's so much <laughs> content. Like, so I imagine how you would get burnt out with that type of schedule if you're not doing something that you're really passionate about. Definitely, yeah. And so what types of things are you uploading? Like what's a video that you maybe recently upload or one that you're going to be uploading that you're just like, you wouldn't have done before, but now you're like, okay, I'm super excited about this. Uh, I'm trying to do a little bit more lifestyle content on my channel mm. instead of just being solely beauty. I've always done a little bit of like lifestyle videos here and there, but recently I did a video, like I'm really passionate about cooking and baking as well. And I did a video on like my essential kitchen tools and like pantry storage and things like that, which mm -hmm. that video didn't end up doing that well, which I'm not surprised about because it is so different from my regular content, mm. but I was like really excited to post it and I enjoyed doing it. So it doesn't really matter to me that it didn't perform the best. Yeah. That's interesting. So like for you, it's like, eh, you know, if it doesn't perform, it doesn't, but yeah. at, at least you're, you're staying true to, to yourself. Yeah. And within the realm of acne and skincare and things like that, I have started putting out a lot more skincare related content on my channel, just not related to acne specifically. Like I just did two updated skincare routines. I also did a video called 10 skincare mistakes you're probably making. And I'm just trying to work that into my channel a little bit more mm -hmm. because that's still in the same vein as like my acne content. So people seem to be very interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. I would think it, I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, it's similar, just a slightly different focus. Definitely. So how do you come up with uh, video ideas? Um, I honestly just sit and brainstorm a lot. I do pay attention to what's popular on YouTube to mm -hmm. an extent. Um, but I'm not big on like doing challenges and things like that that are like ultra popular, which I know some people would probably consider a mistake that I don't kind of jump on that bandwagon. But I'm just always trying to think about what videos I would find helpful mostly and what I would enjoy watching. Well, and it sounded like you were, were you doing those type of challenge type videos before and that's, you know, you weren't into it? I have a little bit here and there. It's never been a big focus on my channel, but I've done like the no mirror makeup challenge and stuff like that. And they're fun, but it's just not what I really want to be doing. Yeah. 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 Those are, it's easy to like, ah, I think it's easy. Like I said, it was easy to get caught up in that and realize what am I doing? <laughs> like yeah. I wouldn't even watch this video. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, they're a lot of fun and they're entertaining for like a second, but in the long run, I think I want to put out more informative content. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. So, you know, and I think you kind of talked about this, but maybe there's, there's something else for you to add. So what is one of the, the challenges that you have with YouTube and then how, you know, how have you learned from that? Um, definitely. Like I said, my kind of transition with my content and everything yeah. has been one of my biggest struggles. And I'm definitely just kind of starting to come out of that. 
And a large part of that too was I have been struggling a lot recently on YouTube with the whole demonetization issue mm. and also like the unsubscribe glitches and like videos not showing up in subscription boxes and everything like that. So that's yeah. something it seems to be getting better now, but that is definitely a huge issue I've had recently. Yeah, I know it's like a big thing that everyone is dealing with. And yeah. maybe you can explain to our you know, listeners a little bit more about, especially like the, I think that the, monetiz- the demonetization, I did a whole podcast episode on that. So mm-hmm. if for those of you listening and not really sure the situation surrounding it, I will link that episode in the show notes. I uh, came on with Jen Lowe's reviews and we went into a lot of detail about that. So we got mm-hmm. that covered, but maybe you could talk about like the subscription and the notifications and what's going on there. Uh, so basically... I've actually noticed that this has been an issue for a long time on YouTube. Like, honestly, for the past couple of years, I've had my subscribers messaging me being like, my videos or your videos aren't showing up in my subscription box. I have the notifications on, but I rarely ever get them. Or if Mm. I do, it's like three hours after your video goes up or, you know, people telling me I wasn't seeing your videos. I thought you had stopped posting, but then I came to your channel and YouTube had unsubscribed me. So it's definitely really frustrating because... I'm not going to lie. In some ways, it feels like YouTube has kind of sabotaged us. Yeah. (laughs) Smaller creators in some forms. But I mean, it does seem to be improving a little bit, but it's definitely been very frustrating along the way. Yeah, I I would imagine, Um, especially like, you know, your your subscribers subscribe because Mm -hmm. they want to be notified of your video and you know if they're not getting that notification it just could be very disheartening to think to think like oh my god even my subscribers who want to see me aren't aren't seeing it yeah it's kind of like you know that's really youtube's one main job as a platform if someone subscribes then they're expecting that person's content to be delivered to their subscription box and when youtube's not making that connection it's kind of like well what's going on there like Where's the disconnect where this isn't happening? And there was that video that came out recently where they even admitted that not everyone gets notifications. Like they don't actually send out notifications to everyone who has them turned on. I saw that video. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Basically, they're they're almost kind of switching to like the Instagram thing of like, oh, well, we're doing it based upon their search history, their history of what they've watched. And we're giving them what they think that they they would be interested in. Yeah, from a standpoint, it's definitely becoming more business focused than creator focused, which is definitely frustrating and definitely I feel kind of goes against what has made YouTube great and why mm-hmm. YouTube is so successful in the first place. So how do you overcome that? Um, I've just been trying to post a lot more on social media and really getting my videos out there. And um, I've been using like the tools on YouTube a lot, like the cards where you can have the video pop up in the top corner just to try and drive more people to videos that they may have missed. Mm. That's a good one, too. And yeah, I think YouTube has been improving on that, though, because it seems to be slightly less of an issue, but it's still something that's there. So just finding other ways to drive people to your videos is very important right now. Yeah. And then also, you know, being mindful of SEO, because that's going to get you know your videos found in search. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> and OK, so <clears throat> the next part is the best tips section. So we go through and kind of go through some of your best tips for having a YouTube channel, growing a YouTube channel. So my, the first question, not um, question, but tip is what is your best tip for starting a YouTube channel? I think one of the most important things when starting a YouTube channel is to make a personal connection to your audience in some way. You know, people will come for your content, but ultimately they're going to end up staying for you. So I think it's very important to relate to your viewers on some level. And that's definitely one of the main appeals with YouTube versus traditional media, that sense of community and personal connection with the person you're watching. Because I feel like most people, you know, will never relate to our favorite celebrity. Like, I'm never going to feel like I can really relate to Kylie Jenner. But when I watch my favorite YouTuber, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, we could totally meet one day and be best friends. Yeah. That's not always the most realistic thing, but that's just kind of like the sense and the feeling that YouTube gives you. So I think if you can really build that connection early on, it'll definitely set you up for success. I think that's huge. And I think that's just a really good intuitive just tip and because it's true like you will not have a community if you don't 
have that that connection with your audience. And then you won't have that connection with your audience if you're not connected to yourself and why you're doing it. Because how can you mm-hmm. expect people to connect to you if you're not even connected to yourself? So I, it's really good. And that's why, you know, I have a, a YouTube boot camp that I run. And the first thing that we talk about and focus on is what's your why? What's your purpose? Like, why are you doing mm-hmm. this? And that's how mm-hmm. you'll build up that community. Because uh, that's that's ultimately what YouTube is all about. For sure. And I've I've definitely made a lot of connections with my subscribers as a result, which is great. Like I have so many subscribers that I consider genuine friends and that I like message back and forth with and everything. And that makes me so happy. Like that's what I wanted. I wanted to feel like I was part of a community and YouTube has given that to me. Yeah, that's that's great. It's really cool. And I think for a lot of people, that's the appeal right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people think, oh, I want to be YouTube famous and go to trips and be flown here and there and, you know, be well known. And I think, yeah, people see that and like, okay, that's Mm -hmm. cool. But I think when you really talk to people, a lot of creators, what they really want is just a community of people that they can bring Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, that you guys all share common interests and that you're helping this community in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And I think that something that's important to know is while YouTube is a dream job and it's amazing. And I feel so blessed to do YouTube full time and to be able to do that. But it's like any other job. It has its ups and downs. Like you mentioned at the beginning, there Mm -hmm. are days where you're going to be like so frustrated and so discouraged. There's going to be days when you cry over things that are going on, like behind the scenes in YouTube and things like that. And it's just important to remember that, especially for people just starting out when they look at like these creators who have millions of subscribers and they look at how perfect their life seems and everything. But that's obviously never the whole story. Definitely. For sure. Uh, so next tip is what is your best tip for what not to do? What not to do? Um, hmm. <laughs> I would say just, I would say not to not focus on, you know, the things like, like getting on PR lists and going on brand trips and becoming like YouTube famous and everything like that. I think if you focus on that, then you're not going to end up being happy. And most of the people who start off YouTube with that kind of mindset don't end up being that successful. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always important to be starting it for the right reasons, which I'm sure everyone has heard a million times, but it is really true. (laughs) It is true. I mean, that because, because if you're, if you come out with the perspective of how do I help people, then Mm -hmm. that's just, I think then in turn, like the, the universe rewards you, right? Like, it's like, yeah. if you come out with like, well, how can I serve? How can I best serve? That's where you're going to grow an audience. That's where you're going to get people connected to you. If you love what you're doing, everything else is going to follow. Everything else will fall into place. Yeah, it'll fall into place. I agree. I, I know. I feel like a lot of people are, are, are focused on PR lists, like you said, and focused on working with brands. And, and to me, it's actually the cart before the horse. I think yeah. you know, just you should be focusing on growth and building your community first. Yeah, for sure. And besides, brands only want to work with influencers and and YouTubers that have that community that they've already they've mm-hmm. built that. So it's like, I, I you know most of the people that I know, the YouTube people that I know, and, and you can speak to this also. You know, once they get to a certain point, you know, they've got brands finding them. They've got brands, you know, reaching out to them. Yeah. So you know, you don't have to put as much work there if you've got that community and you've you know, growing your audience to certain size. And that's so much more satisfying too. Like when a brand reaches out to you, it's such a better feeling than like emailing a brand yourself, which honestly, for the longest time, I didn't even know that like emailing a brand and reaching out to them was a thing. I thought they always just got in contact with you. And you know, the brands that have like reached out to me first, that has been so much more rewarding than the emails I've sent. And like when the people have gotten back to me, because it's like, okay, they found my content and they saw something in me clearly. And they wanted to reach out to me. Totally. Totally. It's really fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Uh, what is your best tip for growing your channel? For growing? Um, I think paying attention to what's popular is really important. And like I said, you know, there's challenges and things like that. Like recently it was the whole, I fall, I've tried following blanks makeup tutorial as an example and doing things like that can definitely help you grow and help you be noticed. But one thing that I did when I was starting out that I'm really glad I did was I paid attention to what was popular on a more specific level, not just what was trending. Like if I watched a YouTuber and I really looked up to them and I was inspired by them, I would go to their channel and see what they were doing that was helping them grow and helping them find success. 
So I'd go to like someone's channel and I'd look at their most popular video and see what it was. And obviously you never want to blatantly copy anyone or anything like that. But I remember there was a girl I really looked up to on YouTube and I noticed she was growing really quickly. So I looked at her channel and her most popular video was a foundation review. And I was Mm. like, hey, I can do a foundation review. Anyone can do that type of video. So that's what I ended up doing. And I just, I focused on that a lot in the beginning of my YouTube channel. I think that's a really, really good tip. And it's actually something that I do when I'm working with my clients and my boot campers is I say, you know, pick like your 10 people that you love, right? People that Mm -hmm. are like, your soul sisters in the YouTube world that people that you're like, I can see being friends with them. I look up to them. Like that's a content I want to be like. And then just like study their channels and yeah, but you could even do like a broader search. Just like see a bunch of channels and see, you know, their most popular videos and like make note of that and be like, oh, that's an interesting video. Like, oh, okay. And I think that's a really, really good strategy. Yeah, exactly. Like going back to the whole challenge things too. The challenges are only popular for like a second. They're very fleeting. They're entertaining for the moment, but when it comes down to it, beyond those videos, you need to have some like core base content that's going to Mm -hmm. keep people watching. Yeah, for sure. What is your best tip to get noticed on YouTube? Uh, I think thumbnails have always been a really big thing for me. Mm -hmm. I always spend a lot of time on my thumbnails and everything, and I make a lot of like funny faces in my thumbnails and everything. Like, uglier faces and things like that. So people will, you know, see it out of the corner of their eye and at least notice it, even if they don't click on it. Yeah. I think that's definitely really helped me out. Yeah. The thumbnails. And they actually say that like very like expressive faces and your mouth open. I think that I've, I've read that it's actually shown that you get more of a click through rate with those type of thumbnails. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think it's just a little bit more intriguing than someone who's just always like smiling and trying to look perfect and like very beautiful and everything. If you can like kind of laugh at yourself and like make a stupid face too. And people definitely notice. Yeah, no, for sure. And what is your best uh, equipment tip? Oh, my best equipment. Um, like I said, I'm not super techie. Uh huh. (laughs) Um, But I think the biggest game changer for me was getting a microphone for my camera. I have just a Rode uh, Lyre video mic, I believe it's called, L-Y-R-E. And that was definitely a big step up in quality for me. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, sound is really important. Yeah, especially in my last space, I had a lot of echo. So it was really important that I do something to help that out a little bit. And it definitely makes a huge difference. And it's a lot of something I think a lot of people overlook. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, okay. So this is the beauty bonus round. This is the last part of the show. And (laughs) yes. So the first question is, since you are beauty skincare uh, YouTuber, what are your three Holy Grail beauty items? Ooh, three, three is so hard to narrow down. (laughs) I know. And you have to be specific Uh with like a specific product. Um, so first would probably be the lush. I love juicy shampoo. It's like this tropical citrus fruit shampoo that's for clarifying and like for oily scalp or if you use a lot of product, it really removes buildup. I've been using that since I was, I think, like 17 or so. So that's definitely one of my staples. Mm. Um, Second would be uh, Clinique Beige Pop Lipstick. It's from their ColourPop Lipstick range. And it's just like my perfect light pink nude. I've been wearing it for years as well. And I'm obsessed with that. I used to think nudes look so bad on me until I discovered that lipstick and I've been obsessed ever Mm. since. (laughs) Um, and third would probably be hydrating setting spray. I really like the Smashbox primer water. I do have Mm. oilier skin. So something like that is definitely a game changer for me because if you're oily like me, then you're probably used to putting on a lot of powder, like just layers and layers of powder. And a setting spray like that will really help take that powdery finish away and just help your skin look more lifelike. Mm, yeah, those are, are some good tips. So mm. what you said, the ColourPop, what was it? The ColourPop? It's it's from Clinique, but oh, Clinique. the lipsticks are called ColourPop, which is kind of confusing. Mm. <laughs> but it's the Clinique Beige Pop lipstick. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the last the last one you said? Uh, hydrating setting spray, Smashbox Primer Hi- Water. Hydrating setting spray, Yeah. The Lush I Love Juicy Shampoo. Oh, that's right. It's so funny because I've uh, never tried any of Lush's stuff. Oh, really? I've heard good things about it. (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I worked at Lush, like I said before, that was my first job in cosmetics and I loved it. Like Lush is amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, wh- okay. What, we already talked about this. What do you use to edit your camera, your sound and your lighting? We already talked about that. So we're yeah. good there. Uh, well, actually, what is your camera name again? So people listening can Just hear the it. the Canon T3i. I'm pretty sure it's discontinued now. It's kind of like mm. the basic yeah. level Canon camera and it's good quality. Like I do definitely want to upgrade at some point and get something a bit better, but I mean, it like works. my videos are all HD and everything. They're all very like crisp and clear. So I just haven't had like a super strong urge to go out and buy a new camera. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, you see how expensive they are. You're like, well, this one, this one's working good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I don't want to get it to, don't want it to get to the point of like a crisis where yeah. my camera breaks on me. And, and then, like, <laughs> Oh my God, I need to have yeah. it. And then you're desperately, you're just going to, to wherever and, and, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. What would you not do again if you were to start your YouTube channel right now? Um, I think one of the mistakes I made early on was I didn't make more friends in the beauty community. Mm. Um, I just I didn't network a lot. And I think it would have been really helpful to just reach out to more girls. And, you know, now there's a lot of like Facebook groups and things like that and little networks mm-hmm. you can join. And I didn't really know that when I was starting off, but I think if I would have had those tools at my disposal and everything, I think that would have really helped because it's definitely one of the hardest things I found was just navigating the business side of YouTube when I was first getting started. So I feel like having other girls to talk to would have been helpful. And I have obviously gained more friends and everything in the beauty world, and it has really helped me out in the long run. Yeah, because YouTube can be very isolating and it's just nice to be able to have people that you can bounce ideas off of. And like you said, like, Hey, this person brand emailed me, like, what would you do in this case? Or have you talked to this brand? And yeah, you're right. There's a lot of Facebook groups now that people kind of share that type of information, but it's still, Mm -hmm. it still doesn't replace like having like, you know, people on your phone that you can text and friends that you can call uh, that Mm -hmm. are in that same boat as you. Yeah. And it's, it's always so refreshing. Like I, I live in Edmonton, Alberta, which I'm sure a lot of people listening have never even heard of that unless you're Canadian. Cause as far as like YouTube and the beauty world goes, it's kind of essentially the middle of nowhere, like in Canada, definitely the places to be are either Toronto or Vancouver. And so I found it was definitely harder to meet other people. But the few opportunities that I've had to talk to someone who else who does YouTube in person have been so refreshing. Because like, I can talk to like, my boyfriend or like my family about it, but they don't understand it on the same level as someone else who's also in the same position. Definitely. So how did you go about meeting other YouTubers then? Um, I think definitely joining networks and joining Facebook groups has been the most helpful thing. And I've just had some other girls reach out to me. Um, I've gone to a couple events like in Toronto and in Vancouver where I've been lucky to meet some really great girls who also do YouTube and Instagram. So that's the main thing I've found. Yeah. Yeah. If you can try and get out yourself out to different events and things like that, that's that's always really nice. Mm-hmm. But it is hard if you're not in one of those popular areas, like you said. Yeah, definitely. I like. I know there's a few other girls in here in Edmonton that are, you know, pursuing social media as a full time career and everything, mm-hmm. but definitely not as much as in like the major YouTube hubs. <laughs> Sometimes it's almost easier. I've said like if you live in a small area, because if you do know that there's other creators like that are in that area, it's like an, a special excuse to reach out to those people and and yeah. you you have something in common, even though maybe they're bigger than you, but you have that something in common and they maybe be more likely to to reciprocate and talk to you. Yeah, for sure. Uh what uh who would be your dream YouTube collaboration? Ooh, um probably Shannon from ShanXO. Mm. I she's just definitely my favorite YouTuber. I think she's just so inspirational. You know, she's works so hard. She's so successful, but at the same time, she seems just so humble and down to earth and just always herself, which I love. And she also like uses natural lighting and stuff. So I really relate to that. She's not like super crazy on like the setup and everything, you know, she films like in her beauty room with no like fancy backdrops and stuff. So I really like that. And I've just always really enjoyed her content. What do you wish that you did when you first started? Um, I think the main thing would be reaching out to more people, Mm -hmm. like I said, and just creating those relationships earlier on, because I really honestly had no idea what I was doing in the Mm. beginning. Like, you know, I was a 20 year old girl and I'd mostly only worked in retail and all of a sudden 
brands and networks are reaching out to me and sending me contracts full of legal jargon and mm. everything. And brands are asking me what my rates are and asking for my media kit. And it's just a little bit overwhelming. So I think some people are definitely set up better for that, depending on what they've gone to school for or the jobs they've had in the past. So I think also educating myself on that side of YouTube would definitely be helpful. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, not not many people are talking about that kind of aspect of social media or giving much insight or advice on it, which I understand because it is a lot of confidential information and things like that. But I think creating a community will definitely help you figure that out earlier in the beginning. <laughs> For sure. What is the biggest mistake that you've made in your YouTube career? Biggest mistake? Hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I don't feel like there's any huge mistakes that I've made. I feel like everything I've done has once again happened for a reason. Like there's nothing that I really look back on and regret really. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, yeah, it's hard to say because it's, you're like, well, you know what? Maybe I would have done things differently, but it wouldn't have led me to where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. What is the smartest decision you made in your YouTube career? Um, I think just starting, honestly, like just taking the plunge and finally doing it and giving it my all when I really started posting. Mm. I think that's just the smartest thing I've done. That's all it takes. You really just need to just take the plunge and just do it. Just start your channel if you're like hesitant about it or anything. Yeah, I just gotta do it. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite video or the video that you're most proud of? Hmm. Uh, I have a video that I did a couple years ago and it was like a contour and highlighting routine for textured skin. So anyone with like acne large pores, acne scarring, things like that. And I'm just still really proud of how that video turned out. I think it's just very informational and mm. I'm just really happy with like all the tips I gave and everything. Nice. And, and I'm also really proud of all like my skincare content and stuff that I've been doing recently. What is your favorite opportunity that you had as a result of YouTube? Uh, one thing that was really great is this past October, I was actually invited on my first little kind of brand trip. It was mm. with London Drugs, which is a drugstore that we have mm -hmm. here on the western half of Canada. And they have basically like their big beauty summit in Whistler every year. And so I was able to um, join them for that event and everything. And that was a lot of fun and definitely a big moment in my YouTube career. Oh, that's awesome. How fun. That must have mm -hmm. felt really good. Great. Were there were so it was probably just Canadian YouTubers, right? Yeah, just specifically from Western Canada, which was really nice. That's really cool. That's mm -hmm. fun. That must have been exciting. Yeah, it was really fun. It was like a crazy, like thirty hour trip, but it yeah. was so exciting. I think that's like you know people listening and anybody who wants to be on YouTube. That's like their dream is to be invited to those really cool trips that they see on social media, where you know these creators are being wined and dined and given gifts and meals and just having fun. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's definitely like a huge dream for anyone, I think. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who could honestly say they would turn down an opportunity like that. No, no. I mean, it looks so cool. Uh, what would you say is your why for your channel? As in like why I started or? Like why, yeah. Why do you do it? I just, it's something I've always really genuinely enjoyed. Like there's just something about like sitting down and turning on the camera and just rambling about things that I'm passionate about that just really makes me so happy. I'm a really introverted person. Definitely. I'm pretty shy. So having that ability to just sit down and like when I sit down and talk to the camera, I really do feel like I'm talking to my audience, even mm. though I'm alone by our room and myself. And yeah, it's just something that I love doing. Like I can't really explain why, but <laughs> it's hard sometimes to articulate the why because yeah. it's so deep and it's so ingrained and uh it's it's hard sometimes but you kind of know it deep inside that you're just meant to be doing that yeah exactly mm -hmm. what and who is your avatar meaning who is your viewer that you that you feel is like you're kind of not ideal viewer but who's like your community member per se um, well, most of the girls who watch me are around my age and a lot of them are like students and just kind of, I'm not a student personally, but just in the same kind of phase of life that I'm in where they're maybe like moving out for the first time on their own 
like I recently like moved in with my boyfriend and everything and like we adopted a dog and stuff. So Mm -hmm. a lot of my viewers I know are like in the same stages of life as me. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because then you have this community of people that are in a very similar life path and just have very similar uh, struggles and interests and you can cater your content to those people because because you know Mm -hmm. them so well. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed I really have attracted people with similar interests, like even beneath the surface of just like our common interest in makeup, but similar like opinions as me and like just similar kind of worldviews and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's funny, people just seem to know and they kind of flock your channel. Like so many people find me who also like live in my same city, which is crazy or just Canadian people. Like I always seem to like flock to Canadian channels without even knowing that they're Canadian. And that's kind of like the same thing that has happened for me, which I think is really cool. Yeah, no, it's very cool. And then, and then, and then it becomes easier for you to create content. Mm -hmm. You know exactly who you're creating, creating content for. And last question, what is your superpower? Meaning what do you have that makes you special, uh, that you don't have to work hard at, right? You're really good at it and you just come naturally that has um, contributed to your success. I think I've always been really good at public speaking and things like that. Like it's never really been a huge struggle to just, to just basically start talking. Yeah. That's Um, huge. Yeah. And just, just trying to think of how I want to phrase this. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's mostly just the fact that I can like sit down and I can be myself and I can be open on camera. It's never been something where I've been like unsure of myself. I've always been a pretty confident person. I've never really questioned like what I want or the kind of person that I am. I'm just always authentically myself and my integrity is very important to me as well. So I think that's the main thing. I think that's great. And then what happens is that it really translates on screen on screen, you know, people, it just resonates on camera. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sari, for being on the podcast and for just sharing your story and your career on YouTube. And please let everybody know who's interested in you and want to learn more about you, where they can find you. Uh, So I am youtube.com. Sorry, I'm going to restart that. (laughs) Um, So you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Sari Rihanna. It's S-A-R-I-R-E-A-N-N-A. And then I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram also at Sari Rihanna. I'm Sari Rihanna on any platform you want to find me on basically. Awesome. And then I will also have her channel and everything linked in the show notes and the email newsletter. Thank you so much, Sari. It was so nice having you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I really hope this can help someone out out there and get them a little bit more insight. Oh yeah. I'm sure it will. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. That is our interview. And if you enjoy this, please give the podcast a review. It helps so, so much. I will see you next week.